0: Coming to you from the Alamo City, deep in the heart of Texas, this is Paranormal Analytical. Welcome everyone to the show. My name is Eddie Hill, and I'll be your host. I would also like to welcome Renee Rodriguez, who will be my co-host, as well as our producer and director, Miguel Cantu. We have an awesome show for you tonight, so sit back, turn down the lights, and enjoy. Good evening, everybody. My name is Eddie Hill, and welcome to another episode of Paranormal Analytical. We have a great show lined up for you guys tonight. We have Sheila Renee Parker, and she is a fascinating author, and she has got a book that I am literally stuck listening or actually reading right now. I wish I could listen to it because it's just so interesting. I'd love to just sit back and and just You know, turn the pages as I go through this thing. It's such an exciting book. I can't even explain to you how cool it is. But it's dealing with a paranormal romance type situation. And uh, we're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, I'd like to welcome uh, Miguel Cantu, the director and producer of Paranormal Analytical.
1: Mike, say hi. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We also have Renee Rodriguez joining us via Skype renee say hello to everybody out there
2: good evening all all right
0: excellent day and without further ado i'm going to tell you a little bit about the, uh, our special guest renee and uh, i hope well, you don't mind me calling her renee because <laughs> that's her middle name <laughs> so we got renee i'm going to tell i'm going to call her sheila just sheila okay so <laughs> i'm gonna let you know a little bit about her she is a writer and empath sheila renee parker is an expert on all things paranormal Sheila's blog and popular speaking engagements delve deeply into the power of the mind and spirit. Sheila is followed by thousands of people eager to hear her words about the most undiscovered world of spirits, ghosts and gifts. And being open to the unknown, Sheila is author to the novel The Spirits Within or The Spirit Within, and that's the book that I'm talking about right now and is an internationally acclaimed poet. So, I mean, that that in itself is just, that gives me goosebumps right there. Sheila's latest release, A Spirit Within, is an intoxicating story of a betrayed love with a unique supernatural twist. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome the great Sheila Renee Parker to the show. Sheila, are you with us?
3: I am. Thank you so much for the awesome introduction, Eddie. You guys are amazing. Hi, Miguel, and hi, Renee.
1: Hello, Sheila.
3: Thank you. Hello, hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me on your
0: show. So tell us a little bit, Sheila, what – well, you know what? First, let's go back a little ways. Let's go back to your childhood. I feel like almost like I'm a psychiatrist on this, you know? (laughs) Like, you know, lay back and relax, you know, we're going to go into your childhood. No, but seriously, uh, if you could just take us back to a time when you were – Starting to deal with things that were paranormal or things that you weren't sure of what was happening. Tell us a little bit about what brought you into the world of the paranormal to start off with.
3: You know, that's that's so interesting that you even you know, you say that because honestly the world of the paranormal to me really isn't paranormal. And I'll tell you the reason why I say that is because it's a part of what I've experienced all my life. So to me, it's almost like an everyday thing, not an everyday thing, but it's just normal to me to where other people, it would be paranormal. But to me, it's just normal. And, um, but when I was younger, it really wasn't, I mean, there were a couple experiences that terrified me and everything, but, um, I saw my first shadow person, you know, when I was just barely a teenager that actually did scare the living socks off of me because I didn't know what it was. um, You know, I was, like I said, you know, I was barely a teenager and I saw that it was just a little glitch, you know, out of the corner of my eye and I felt something staring at me. And when I looked over, you know, it was, it was gone, but I know for a fact that there was a presence there. Um, Did I feel any malevolence or anything like that? No, I didn't feel anything like that. I didn't feel like it was demonic or anything. It just, it scared me. And um, since then, I've seen shadow people on several occasions and each time I'd see them, You know, the fear was less and less because I started to just feel, you know, like another, you know, part of energy, another form of energy, if you will, was there. And um, I'm not afraid of them anymore. But when I was even way younger than that, one of the first experiences I ever had, I wrote about it on my site, actually. I was just now getting out of church on a Sunday morning, and um, I was called out by my sense because I'm an empath. And so that means, you know, I can feel other people's emotions and energies, regardless if it's dead or living. And um, I went to the grave and out to the cemetery when I was younger, right after church services. And I was just really drawn to this one particular grave. And as I got closer and closer to the one grave, it was away from the congregation and everything. Keep in mind, you know, after Sunday services, people are congregating, they're just saying their goodbyes and they're, you know, talking about whatever they're doing and before they get into their cars and leave. And, um, man, I was just drawn to this one grave and I kept on smelling this perfume getting stronger and stronger as I got closer and closer to it. Again, I was getting farther away from people. And, um, this one grave, as I got closer to it, I was really drawn by the perfume. It was such a beautiful, aromatic smell, nothing strong or heavy. And I found myself really, really close to the ground at that point and it seemed like it was coming from the ground and as I got closer to the ground I started seeing visions of the bones and it was just I know it sounds so macabre it makes me sound like a weird you know like a creepy little kid but it just it was fascinating to me I wasn't scared at all I was actually quite comforted by that so was that the spirit of that deceased person calling out to me I don't know but um I was just barely school age at that time and Ever since then, you know, I mean, certain things happen, yeah, but I was just very comforted by that. And so, in a weird way that, you know, everybody's like, aren't you afraid of death and stuff like that? No, I'm not. You know, cemeteries have never been, you know, something that I feared. And, I, I mean, I'm a weird kid. I'm a weird adult, you know. But to me, the paranormal is just normal to me. So, well, let me you know, ask you. So, had other experiences that were scared.
0: If you I'm can not- go back, what was, how old were you when the very first paranormal occurrence Took place.
3: Oh man, that grave. So the incidents with the the cemetery and all. I was barely school age, and I mean barely kindergarten age. I mean, I remember being a little. I was a little girl with my Sunday dress on and and everything, you know. And I mean, that wasn't imagination. I have very very vivid memories of you know things throughout my life, and that was one of them.
0: Wow. I would say
3: I was probably maybe five years old, maybe.
0: Yeah, so, you know, you started very young. And, you know, what's really incredible is that most stories you hear of people who start having some of their first encounters are normally between the ages of three and probably six. They're about, mm-hmm. you know, from everything that we found out, you know, that's a lot of people have their first experiences with the paranormal. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that in itself, I mean, that just... To me, it, it kind of validates a lot of different things. So you, oh, of course. You know, and you weren't afraid at the time either, were you?
3: Mm-mm. Well, when I saw my first shadow person, you know, a few years later, I was scared. But at that time, when I was a little girl in the cemetery, I wasn't, and it was just really weird because I was, I was more intrigued because this one fragrance was so beautiful, and even to this day, I'm 42 years old. You know, even to this day. I've never smelled anything so beautiful before in my life. And it was almost like a fragrance from yesteryear, if that makes sense. You know, like the older generations would have worn something light and just just amazing. And like I said, I was just drawn to that one grave, and it was just uncanny. It wasn't a relative or anything either.
0: But it was a real floral scent, the way they used to use back in the day. Mm
3: -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Very light, very nice.
0: So let's move if forward you, uh, in your did life. Did you
2: tell you, I'm sorry. I got a quick question for you now. Okay. Um, did you, does any of family members have the same abilities as you do?
3: Um, that's, you know, honestly, not to my, uh, you know, my knowledge or anything, because when I was growing up, I, again, I was raised, you know, I'm here in the South, you know, church upbringing and everything. And, you know, my parents did right and everything, but, That wasn't something that we talked a lot about. So for me to actually come out and talk about being an empath, that was not something I actually didn't start talking about that until just probably about 10 years ago or so. So, um, You know, my mother, she asked me so many questions nowadays now that I'm more open with my abilities and everything else, but my mom, she's never said anything about having an ability. No one else in my family, and my father's no longer with us. He passed away in 2010. So, I mean, nobody's ever come forward with me, you know, about their abilities or anything like that. But, um, again, you know, because when I was growing up, a lot of stuff was kind of hush-hush. So, you know, you just didn't talk about certain things and stuff, even though my mom was the one who introduced me to the love of Stephen King, but you know, as far as like actual paranormal experiences and stuff like that, that was kind of like, not something we talked about.
2: Oh, That happens all the time with uh, with mm-hmm. uh, religions, you know, they don't like talking exactly. about other paranormal abilities, uh, I've seen that a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot.
3: Unfortunately.
2: Exactly. It happens. Exactly. It's shunned in a lot of religions. Especially, like you're saying, you're coming from the south, and uh, a lot of Baptists and you know, and Catholics and Christians don't like that talk about that kind of stuff. uh, Exactly. And okay. I,
3: I I was just gonna say, I was raised in a very loving, um, just a country Baptist church, and I mean, I love the people that went there and everything, but that just wasn't something we talked about.
2: Most definitely. Mm
0: -hmm. So let me ask you: as you move forward Mm -hmm. in your life. When was the next experience that you had? And, I mean, what was it, and how did that affect you?
3: Oh, gosh. It was, you know, interesting, though, because um, throughout my life, again, you know, being an empath, I just didn't know what it was when I was a kid. I could always feel things, and just, just like, I could always feel that something was there. And, you know, it's kind of like when you know for a fact that somebody's right behind you. and But you know, if you turn around, it just validates it. And, I mean... When you walk into a room and, you know, you feel a presence, but no one should be in that room because you know you're alone, I had that kind of feeling a lot throughout my life growing up and everything, and it did kind of scare me growing up because I didn't know what it was. I was kind of afraid of the dark and stuff, but, you know, that's a typical fear of a lot of kids, but then that goes back to what you were just talking about, Eddie, you know, about, you know, paranormal experiences, you know, coming forth between the ages of three and six. So, you know, and a lot of kids around that age are afraid of the dark. So does that, you know, bring foundation to that? So, um, you know, but as far as an actual paranormal experience later on, um, that would be my, you know, first encounter with the um, shadow people when I was barely a teenager. And um, because, you know, I don't know if my senses were becoming even more heightened but that that terrified me and it was really really scary because like I said I didn't understand what it was but now I see shadow people not as something demonic like a lot of people portray and you know perceive and everything but I think that um shadow people are actually you know other interdimensional beings that's what I I think you know because again I've, I've never felt anything malevolent even with my first encounter I didn't feel anything malevolent it was just more of a curiosity observance from their side, if that makes sense. Right. And, you know, they were there for for such a quick moment. It was, um, you know, it was gone.
0: Yeah, I remember my first uh, encounter with a shadow person. It was when I was about five, maybe, maybe six years old. And it was... I don't. It, I can't say it was actually terrifying, but it was kind of. Uh, I wasn't afraid of it, you know, and
4: right.
0: and it it really just kind of drew me in, and it, it started coming into a room over at my grandmother's uh, many times. Oh, you know, like probably around three or four days in a row thereabouts. And I remember I jumped up out of bed, you know, when I got tired of having to deal with it, and I literally ran tore it and it took off out the room and I found my grandmother and I asked her if she'd seen anything strange going through the house. And she said, no, like what? And I told her what was going on. And she seemed like she was a little bit concerned, but I can remember that she knew, you know, like she, she gave me that feeling that she understood what I was talking about and therefore calmed me down, sent me back to bed and told me she would take care of it. And it wasn't until probably preteens teens where I ran into the same thing again. So I know exactly what you're saying when you talk about that shadow person.
3: Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's nothing malevolent. I mean, where a lot of people feel, you know, a demonic presence and everything. I didn't. I was actually just more curious because I was like, what the heck is that? You know, and um, maybe your grandmother, she's seen it, too. You know, that's quite a possibility right there. And she said she'd take care of it for you. You know, she was giving you confidence that, you know, you weren't alone in seeing that. So, you know, I mean, that's really good that you had that.
0: Yeah, she was ve- she was what they call a curandera. Or, you know, she practiced in the in the white magic and that kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, she did a lot of healings and, and that sort of thing, you know. So uh, I have a feeling her... Uh, abilities were a lot more advanced than what I realized, especially at the time of being so young. I just wish that I was, right. I would have known her when I was older and knew more or less what was taking place.
3: Well, I mean, I'm, can you, you know, talk to your other family members that might can actually help, you know, open that up for you?
0: I tried, but there's really no one left, uh, on that side of the family that would really know anything. So, I mean, it was, like I said, it was an experience that, I'll always remember, I'll always keep close, but it was my first experience dealing with such a thing. And, you know, honestly, I thought it was pretty awesome, but I didn't feel like there was any danger involved, if you follow me.
3: Right, Me, I, I, neither did I. I was just scared because, honestly, I'd never seen it before, and I was like, what the heck is that? But then, you know, as I got older and I understood, I didn't feel anything bad from it. Where you see these people on TV and all, they're like oh, this shadow person was so malevolent, you know, da, 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 da. I think a lot of times that fear is a misconception and it's just, you know, misunderstanding. And honestly, I think a lot of that fear is based on not mass hysteria. I'm not going to go to that extreme, but, you know, just because other people are like, oh, shadow people are bad. So if somebody encounters a shadow person, they're going to automatically perceive it as bad. So, you know, I just think a lot of that, the fear is just a misconception. Right. I, didn't well, I don't really know about that, that I had a
2: strange, my first uh, shadow encounter, it scared the living, oh, it scared me bad.
3: And uh, what was, happened?
2: So I was 23, mm-hmm. and uh, I was asleep in my apartment, and I felt my bed sink, like somebody sat in my bed. And I opened my eyes, and there was somebody, something sitting on my bed was darker than dark in the room you can see a black outline of somebody sitting in my bed and it scared me so bad jumped out of bed i mean i i jumped literally jumped out of bed and i turned on my lights and it disappeared it's just gone and it startled me and i couldn't sleep the rest of the night it was such a terrifying experience for me it was it was terrifying well i mean that i
3: can understand oh i'm sorry go ahead No, no, I was just, because I was agreeing with you, because, I mean, that fear can be there, definitely. Did you ever figure out what it was? Uh, Yeah,
2: I did figure out what it was. Um, Unfortunately, one of my best friends that night committed suicide. And it was about the same time that, uh, I found out it was about the same time that I had that, whatever, I guess it was her that showed up in my room. Uh, It was about a couple minutes after she committed suicide. And uh, she was—I mm-hmm. think she was saying goodbye to me—but it, it just startled me because I wasn't expecting it to happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure that's it. what happened. It was—it was—it uh, was pretty unnerving to figure out, you know. I mean, because I've always had strange experiences in my life, like you have. But it just mm-hmm. took me a while to kind of get over that somebody that that was close to me actually came by and said goodbye to me, and mm-hmm. uh, it took me a long time to. Um, to let that go because I I thought I could have handled that better you know it's it was just it was just frightening to me and if I knew better I I think I would have handled it you know a a lot differently
3: yeah but But, you were asleep
2: uh, though and it caught you off guard it it did though Mm -hmm. what woke me up was actually the bed sinking down and uh man yeah uh it was it was quite a it was quite of an experience for me it uh, opened my eyes that uh, you can have experiences like that. I mean that's physical right in front of you. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was quite terrifying, but uh, I've seen other I've seen other shadow figures uh, uh, mm-hmm. doing investigations, and they really haven't bothered me. We've had a couple of experiences where actually I've been chasing them around. Uh, we went did a, we did a, a ghost uh, 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 we went to a jail, and uh, one night I followed one for a good thirty, forty five minutes from room to room. And I wasn't—I wasn't scared of it. It was just kind of a—a a game, going back and forth to different rooms, different rooms, different rooms. And I, I would see it leave, and I would follow it, and I'd lose in the room, and I see it move again. And uh, yeah, they don't—they don't bother me now.
3: Right. Because, well, you—you you become understanding of them and everything. So if you don't feel any fear by them, so yeah, I think that's really good because a lot of people they do feel fear. And with your experience with that, you know, and you know that investigation. I think sometimes they become intrigued with us as well, you know, just like we are with them, and so they, they try to get that interaction with us. And you know if, if we can understand them, you know they can understand us.
2: Yeah, it just takes a while to get used to the idea that there's something else out there that is mm-hmm. just as intelligent as we are, intelligent as we are, because um, most people get freaked out about you know, what's, what's on the other side, what we can't see. It, it takes a little mm-hmm. bit of time to get used to this uh that's why most people don't believe in ghosts because it, it has nothing's happened to them before that's what i I really do believe that until something happened to you most people are like nah it doesn't mm-hmm. exist
3: oh yeah oh yeah if if i don't see it then it doesn't exist exactly but then again mm-hmm. how does you know, there's so much out there that does exist that we don't see on a daily basis oh of so, course. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah
2: we've had plenty mm-hmm. i've had plenty of ufo experiences in my, all my life and um I know a lot of people who don't believe me. So until it happens to them, I'll be able, I won't be able—I won't be able to change their mind.
3: Oh no, what no, no! You, you can can't. Believe. That's yeah. That's the same way with me when I talk about paranormal. I'll get at somebody occasionally. They'll—they'll they'll look at me like I'm three shades of crazy, and I'm like, I don't care if you believe me or not. I'm—I know what happened to me. You know, I can't tell you for your own self, but I can only speak on my behalf. But you know, I mean, you can't convince everybody. I'm not here to convince anybody. I'm—I'm I'm just here to help people out. You know
2: perfect that's exactly how i feel you can't you can't change Mm -hmm. anybody's mind i'm not here to change anybody's mind if you believe me that's great if you don't well it's your own belief i'm not here to change your mind at all never ever ever exactly so tell me
0: tell me sheila when was the first time you realized that you had these abilities
3: oh man all throughout my life um i always knew i was a different kind of kid and i know that sounds weird and trippy because um I'm just weird and trippy, but, um, I just knew that I was different and, you know, from my, my friends and everything. And, um, I never felt like I fit in a hundred percent. I always felt like I was, my friends were always cool and everything, but still I always felt out of place, not because of them, just, but because, you know, I knew that there was something different because I would go into a room and I would say something, you know, and not the form of a for premonition, but I'm like, Oh, well, I already knew such and such, you know, whatever. How did you know that? You know, again, being an empath, you know, certain things. I just didn't know what it was for many years until I became an adult. And it kind of made me when being a kid and all, I kind of quit saying things because I didn't want people to start thinking, Oh, she's just a know and all She thinks she knows everything. And which I don't, I never, never professed that. But, um, you know, and as I got older, I started embracing my ability even more. When I started realizing that, hey, there's a title for this. You know, I'm I'm not just necessarily you know crazy or something. And um, I I'm an empath, and you know I I embraced my ability. And and when I started talking more publicly about it and coming out, I found out I wasn't the only one. And I can't tell you how relief you know how relieved I felt with that because it was amazing because for so long, just having that ability and thinking that I was, it was all in my head. I thought it was just, you know, me, I thought I was crazy. And, um, but growing up and talking to other people nowadays and stuff like that, you know, with my public speaking events and being online with my own website and people, you know, they reach out to me with their abilities. And it's, it's a relief to know that there are other people out there with this ability as well, because, It was hard to, you know, to embrace it at first because when you feel other people's emotions when you're younger and you think that they're your own emotions and, you know, it it can be overwhelming sometimes. And their emotions would become muddled with mine. And sometimes, you know, I hate to use the term basket case, but I did, I felt like a basket case at first because I didn't know how to separate other people's emotions from my own. Now that I'm an adult, I do know how to separate, you know, other people's emotions. I actually will bubble myself. And I use that term very, you know, affectionately when I say that, because that's how I protect myself from other people's energies. So that way it doesn't become all muddled.
0: And isn't it great, you know, after keeping it bottled up for such a long time, Mm -hmm. when you finally run into the people that understand and other people that share the same type of uh, uh, abilities that you have and you can actually communicate with them and share stories.
3: Yes. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, like the light bulb just pops up, you know, pops up and I'm like, It's fantastic because, you know, growing up, the reason why I kept quiet about it is because when I would say something, people would look at me like, what the heck are you talking about? And, you know, that does make somebody want to bottle it up and, you know, not say anything. So, yeah, like you're saying, it's it's amazing. It's wonderful when you can actually talk to other people and share the experiences with them. It's awesome.
0: So when you were finally able to release – and, and talk to people about what was going on with you. Did you feel that it, did, at that point in time did it become real or was it still something that was uh, that you weren't really used to and you still kind of felt weird talking about it?
3: Yes, um, actually, I kind of felt weird because when I first started opening up about it, and you know, you kind of put your filters out, you know, your filters or your feelers out, rather, you know, because when you start talking out, you know, about something, it's kind of like okay. He's going to think I'm weird. He's going to really, you know, understand what I'm saying. Because when I first started talking openly about it, some of my friends, are like, oh, my gosh, you can feel other people's feelings? I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, so what am I feeling right now? What's on my mind right now? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. I'm not reading you. I'm not doing that. It's not like that for me. And stuff. so um, I think sometimes when, you know, when I first started coming out with it, people were thinking it's a game. And I'm like, it's not a game, man. This is real. But um it was still awkward for me, you know, when I first started talking about it because again it was it wasn't new for me to have that, but it was new for me to talk about it. So now I mean I'll talk openly about it and it's interesting how many faces that look back at me that are more intrigued rather than offset, you know? And because like, you know, we were talking about that's when more and more people come up and like, Oh my gosh, you're like that too? And I'm like, Yeah and they're like what's that called? And I'm like, that's being an empath. And they're like, holy cow, I thought I was the only one. I cannot tell you how many times people have approached me saying, I thought I was the only one. And I'm like, no, you're not. And like, there are many, 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 many empaths out there. A lot of us don't even realize what what the ability is. And so that's another reason why I openly talk about it, because that's that's what I want to do. I want to help other people embrace their gift, and not feel like they're the crazy ones, because they're not. You know, just because you feel other people's emotions and stuff. And when you walk into a room and you feel 27 different people's 27 different emotions, that doesn't mean that, you know, the person that that's going through it is, you know, having like some kind of a breakdown because they're not, you know, it's just something you got to learn to embrace and learn to protect yourself from with others' energies.
0: Well, not only that, but you have to learn to trust your own feelings as well when you're dealing with uh, other people in, in these Feelings come across or these visions or, you know, like a lot of times when I'm dealing with somebody, I'll have basically almost like a little short blink of a movie play as far as Mm -hmm. what, you know, I felt or what was taking place with this person. And that is something that uh, I had to start learning how to trust because, I mean, it would happen quite often and I wasn't really sure what I was sensing But uh, one of the things I want to get back into with you when we get back from our little break we're fixing to take is talk about your family life as an empath and what that did for you uh, at that time, you know, when you were with your with your husband and how he reacted to some of the stuff that you were bringing up, because I know it has played an important role in uh, in my life, you know, growing up and you know, being able to have this type of ability. So we're going to take a short break right now. We'll be back with everybody in about four minutes. We have Sheila Renee Parker, paranormal romance author and empath with us tonight. And it's an incredible show, incredible story. Stay with us. We'll be right back and we'll talk to you here in just a few.
5: Network now airs a live simulcast on YouTube. Our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/c/slash/OpenEyesNetwork, features not just our live content but other videos as well, and is always active. So now you can tune in in many different ways. OpenEyes Network shows air Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live. Be sure to visit OpenEyesNetwork.com to find easy-to-use links to get to all of the places that you want to listen to our shows. And don't forget, all of our shows will now be archived as well on YouTube.
6: there is a better radio show beyond that which is known to the people. It is a radio show more informative than others and as timeless as infinity. It is the equilibrium between light and dark, between the sheeple and the paranormal, and it is heard at the base of man's ignorance and at the summit of his knowledge. This is the radio show of imagination, a show we call The Secret Teachings.
5: Open Eyes is dedicated to finding the truth in all matters. We are not afraid to be politically incorrect or to ask questions. Whether it is the paranormal, government cover-ups, the dark agenda that the puppet masters have in store for us, or aliens and UFOs, nothing remains hidden. Listen to Open Eyes... Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on latenightinthemidlands.com or openeyesnetwork.com Open hearts, open minds, open eyes. Ben Franklin said, If you do the same thing tomorrow as you did today, you're going to get the same tomorrow as you got today changing the world starts with you and changing you starts with changing the way you think late night in the midlands can help listen to all of our shows at late in the midlands.com because things really do need to change
0: and we are back paranormal analytical and we have sheila renee parker she is a paranormal romance author and the author of the novel the spirit within which i'm currently reading it's an excellent book and we're going to give you details in just a little while where you can get a copy of your the book for yourself and uh check it out because i'm telling you it's worth the read and uh sheila are you with us still
3: I am, and thank you so much for the awesome, you know, words about my book and everything. That's fantastic, Eddie. Thank you.
0: Absolutely, because I, I tell you what, I'm really enjoying it. And we wow. were talking earlier a little about uh, being an empath and how that affects your life. And I know that growing up, I mean, it has certain influences, and you're kind of learning about it, and you're talking to people, and then finally you realize that there's others that are like you. And you talk to them as well. But tell me about, in relationships, how that affected relationships, especially being able to sense a lot more than what most people can.
3: Oh, it's really interesting, though, and everything. Because, I mean, growing up, you know, with relationships, you know, be it like a friendship or like, you know, a boyfriend or anything else like that, you know, I mean, it can be difficult. It really can be difficult because, you you know, being an empath, you can you know, now I can only speak from my own personal, you know, life. Um, Cause I mean, I know there are no two empaths alike, like there are no two snowflakes alike, but um, it was difficult. It was really, honestly, it was difficult as I would, you know, when I was a kid and got, you know, growing up and getting older, um, trust, like you were just saying right before the break, Eddie, you know, it was difficult to, you know, trust people. And um, no matter how hard you want to trust somebody, you know, being an empath, you can always sense, hey, you know, something's not quite right with this, you know. And, you know, you want to give people the benefit of the doubt and everything else. But, you know, I always tell people, you know, you've got to follow your instinct, you know, when you're feeling something negative and everything. But, you know, it was difficult growing up. And, you know, with this ability, when I was a kid, people would sit there, you know, I was actually called a manipulator. And everything with the emotions and stuff, because I would go to with one person when they were feeling really good. And then when something bad happened, I would shy away from the negative energy and I would go towards someone else that was actually feeling happier. And that doesn't mean that I was a manipulator. That was just meaning, you know, now that I'm an adult and looking back, I just didn't like being around that negative energy. And so I was just moving around and everything, and they're like, "Oh, you know, you're just trying to change people." And I'm, no, I'm not. I'm just trying to get away from things. I was, you know, it was difficult trying to, you know, be around certain things, and um, it just, it, you know, like I was t- saying earlier, trying to talk openly about my ability. I, I, you know, I was, you know, called the weird kid all the time and stuff, and it was very difficult. But I'm um, growing up and everything, you know. My husband, he's actually really supportive with my ability and everything. You know, when he's, you know, when something happens and stuff, I said, you know, being an empath, and he's like, oh, you know, because he understands things. He's not, he wouldn't, you know, go out and say that he's an empath. But my husband, he actually has an ability. He can sense others, um, like he can see spirits and stuff like that. I don't have that ability.
0: So, would, would you say, I mean, I can
3: sense them. Go ahead.
0: Would you say, Sheila, that pretty much everybody has that ability, that sixth sense, you know, or that ability to uh, feel things, but a lot of people kind of ignore them. Wouldn't you say that was, that's more the case?
3: Yes, I agree. And I mean, you know, like I was just, you know, saying my husband, he has an ability and, you know, I think we all have abilities to an extent, you know, and like you're saying, I don't think some, you know, there are a lot of people out there that don't want to openly embrace it because of whatever reasons, a lot of times they just want to shine it because, They just want to go on their daily life. But, um, and other people, you know, like, you know, like us, you know, that we openly talk about our experiences and stuff like that. You know, I mean, we're all different. I do believe that we all have our own abilities to an extent, you know, some are more open than others and that's quite all right, you know. But to, you know, for those who don't want to open their, you know, open up about it, you know, they just need to be open-minded enough to know that for those of us that do want to talk about it, you know. You know, we're all different. You know, we
0: need to accept that. Absolutely. And, you know, I have found out so many times that, uh, especially, you know, within my uh, law enforcement uh, career that I had, Mm -hmm. that the more I followed my gut instinct and the more I followed what I was feeling, and especially dealing with people, you know, who are upset, who are angry, it gave me an insight to where I was able to control a situation much better and be able to and a confrontation with somebody without having to use any type of force. So Mm -hmm. I relied a lot on that ability out on the street once I realized what it was and that I had it, and it really helped me a lot. And I told a lot of the rookie officers that were on the street with me to kind of follow their gut instinct, to follow what they were feeling, because a lot of times if you follow what that inside little voice is telling you, it'll normally lead you across the right path so that you can actually go home at night and not end up being carried away to the M.E.'s office.
3: Very good point. That's so true, though, Eddie, because, I mean, you you know that from personal experience, and you always come out at the end feeling much better because everything turned out, you know, more on the positive note, I'm sure. And, you know, I actually used to work in the legal field, and there would be some cases where some of the clients would come into the, you know, the front entrance of the law firm that I worked at, they would be, you know, not so happy. And I would, you know, hear them, you know, when I'm coming down the hall and they would be again, kind of pushy with their words with, you know, whoever they were talking to. And I would just approach them. And like you're saying, it was almost like, you know, you're able to diffuse the situation. And then by the end of the conversation, the individual would be looking at me like, wow, Thank you You really get the, you get what i'm trying to say she finally pays attention to me and i'm thinking i'm like i'm not really paying attention i'm just well i'm trying to help you you know and you're you're you know like what you're saying out of you diffuse the situation kind of and everybody is more calm so you know i think that's part of you know the role of being an empath you know for those of us that know that we have the ability and that we openly embrace it you know that that's what we're supposed to do in my in my opinion you know we're we're here to help others you know to where everything doesn't become volatile
0: exactly and i think that the more we practice the more that we use our abilities the more that we follow our gut feeling the better mm-hmm. off we're going to be in everyday life because there are so many times when we ignore that feeling and i'm i'm really guilty of it as well you know in my everyday life where i know i should do something but i don't and i end up paying for it later because i didn't follow what i thought I should have done to begin with and what that little voice was telling me in the back of my head and a lot of people said oh well, that's just your imagination or that's not real but you know what it really is real this is something Mm -hmm. that if we all paid a little bit more attention to it would help guide us in in a way that would help us to better our lives better ourselves and be much better not only for us but for our family as well
3: absolutely absolutely as a whole everything would become healthier Agreed.
0: So tell me, once all this has taken place and you're now in your family life, what caused you to start leaning more toward writing a book?
3: Wow. Um, you know, when I was in my you know teens, that's when I started writing poetry and everything. And my um, first was published in my early 20s. And, um, you know, I always was, a huge fan, I've always been a huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe, as dark and macabre as he was um I just loved the it as dark and macabre as the you know the his topics were and everything. he still had an elegant way that he wrote things, and so I was always intrigued by that, so I wrote poetry for a long, long time for years, and um and then, you know, later on down the road, in my mid 20s to late 20s, I wrote a children's book a lot of people aren't aware of titled Sydney and John. You can actually look that up, and it's an e book. But um, because that was, I wrote that for, you know, for the good, for like, it was about anti bullying and stuff like that, because I think that's something else, that's another major topic with today's, you know, society. I, I have and to ask, I, so, I
0: hate to interrupt you, but I have to ask. Did you no, write that book prior to all the reports of bullying that was taking place in the schools?
3: Believe it or not, yes, I did. I wrote that um, Sydney and John. I wrote that probably about sixteen years ago.
0: See, and and that's what I was getting at. You know, by being able to sense certain things, you know, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an assumption here that you were not bullied as a child in school, uh, but this was something actually, that you felt I, you I, had I was to do. On him a lot. I'm sorry.
3: I was picked on a lot, actually.
0: Were you really?
3: Yes, I was. I was. And I think, honestly, not to sound like, you know, or whatever, i turn every situation, everything into something positive. And I, I was the kid that was always picked on a lot and everything when I was a kid. And growing up, I turned that into something positive. And to be honest with you, I used that to give me strength. And as weird as it may sound, I'm a stronger person now because of it. And a lot of people that are bullied, unfortunately they turn that into the negative aspect where I turned it around into the positive aspect. And I'm, I don't know, I, I feel more, more positive about things. We're stronger and I'm not saying that's good for everybody. I mean, I don't believe that bullying is, is good for anybody, but I turned it, I mean, it, it's all in perception, you know, cause we can choose, we have the choice as individuals to go with a negative way or we can choose to let it empower us. And that's what I did because I was bigger than the bully, if that makes sense. I was not going to let the bully destroy my life. I was in charge of my life. The bully was not in charge of my life, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. And see, and that's a lot of what uh, takes place like in the military when you go through boot camp. You know, a, a lot of guys in there are in tears. They're crying. They can't believe they signed up. They're making this big old scene and just, you know, all this drama over signing up and, and having to go through boot camp and all the pushups and, and everything that we end up doing. But it's all in how you look at it. I had a blast in boot camp and people look at me like I'm weird, you know, but when I went through boot camp, I had, and I, I, I mean, I literally had a field day and I did what I was told. I had fun doing it and I challenged myself every time there was something that was difficult to actually accomplish the feat. And I've had people at night crying and talking to me, how do I get through this? Like, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. And, and I would always tell them the same thing you just said. It's just on how you look at it, make it fun Absolutely. and it'll be fun. If you make it the worst place on earth, it's going to be the worst place on earth.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: You oh, know? yeah. So it's all of where you put yourself.
3: Definitely. And if you make it fun, you know, make it a memory, not not torture. You know, believe it or not, that moment will actually pass quicker for you. And before you know it, it it's part of your past. You know, you, you can't, that's what I tell people, you cannot look at things in the negative aspect. You know, because, I mean, you know turn it into fuel for your fire, you know, make it give you passion for what you want to do in life, you know, be that strong person. And I I use the, the metaphor, you know, be the Phoenix because I truly, you know, I totally believe that that there's so much truth in that, you know, rise from the ashes, you know, somebody tears you down, turn around and look them in the face and say, thank you for that. And then just, you know, continue to move forward and just grow, you know, be a better person because you know what, you're not going to, you know, stoop to that individual's level that can do that to you because, you know, it, it's, it's the only reason why you know bullies do what they do is because they want to tear somebody down because of you know jealousy or, or hate or whatever the reason is it's negative energy that people are sad for their own lives so they feel the need to project it onto other people and if we let someone else control us then we're no better than the bully so absolutely. you know we got to perceive ourselves you, oh absolutely you know that's why i i talk about positive vibes a lot and it's about perception you know you've you if you emit positive vibes, you radiate positive vibes. Those positive vibes come from within you. And so much so much beautiful things can happen from your life if you have that outlook.
0: Now, you said uh, on your bio that you've done quite a few, uh, I guess, public speakings. Is that correct? Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. What
0: is it that you get called into to talk about?
3: Oh, man. Um, it's, it's fun, though, because, um, you know, Basically, you know, there's so many people. I've done public speaking events. I've done book signings for The Spirit Within, and you know, where I would just go in and talk about that. I've done author talks where, you know, I would just talk about my writing and how all that got started. And I've done some paranormal speaking events, you know, where some, you know, you talk about my, you know, like my experiences and stuff. And one of my favorite ones I actually attended was at a library a few years ago. It was for a teen group and they were so much fun, all these teenagers. They were so inquisitive and it was fun, but it was kind of difficult because some of my some of the kids that showed up were a little younger than what I had thought. So I had to uh, you know, make my topics a little less fearful. And because I had this one little girl there, she was kind of scared and I said, No, honey, monsters don't exist, you know, and I was trying to tell her what you see a lot of that exists in Hollywood and everything. But, yeah, so I've I've spoken to a variety of ages as well, you know, from kids all the way to, you know, the elderly. And it's really interesting because the paranormal is a subject for so many different people. And I think with the way things are becoming in more of our modern age, it is becoming a more accepted you know, accept, You know, it's it, it's accepted as a, a, a topic to where it's not as hushed anymore, like it was. You know, it used to be when I was a kid, because so many more people are becoming just more intrigued by it. And I don't know, it's fascinating because some of my paranormal experience you know topics that I talk about. You know, they're just my personal experiences, and I've had several times where people have stopped me after the you know the speaking events would be over and they're like, I'd like to talk to you personally and privately, if you will. And I said, okay. And then, so they would talk to me about their paranormal experiences and I've actually gone to people's houses before to help them, you know, with their paranormal situation at their house. So, I mean, I, because I've done paranormal speaking events, that's actually led to going out to people's houses as well to help them. So, it's it's been an interesting you know ride as far as all that goes. But I'm enjoying it, and because I love helping people, that's you know I keep telling people you know I will do everything I can to help people out. If if for some reason I'm not able to help somebody, I will find a way, come hell or high water, to help somebody out.
2: You know. Now, I got a quick question about helping people. Uh, have sure. you run into any? people that you felt like there was more than one you know one entity in them you know just them like like somebody overlapping with them you know something like they're possessed can you feel that can you feel like another presence in somebody else
3: well yeah i mean as far as like you know i i yes but you know honestly like you got to be careful with sometimes you know some things like that too because sometimes it can also be a psychosis that can be taking place that the person is not even aware that's going on. And um, another instance, like, okay, if somebody is going through a really bad time in their life, they can actually project that energy outward and create their own poltergeist activity, if that makes sense. So that's going to be all intertwined within that individual. So you have to be careful with certain things like that, especially if people go out to other people's houses and stuff. You've got to be careful. You always have to practice you know, safety and, you know, it's, it's crazy though, because I went out to an individual's house one time where the individual was saying that they were having issues and come to find out they were actually suffering from more of a severe deep psychosis than an actual paranormal activity, if that makes sense.
2: So did the person that's projecting this energy, you said it it, it makes a, a a poltergeist. Now, how can mm-hmm. you tell the difference between, uh, you know, a psychosis and another entity if they're kind of intermingled with each other? It's kind of hard. To, would that be kind of hard to tell?
3: It would be kind of hard to tell. And I mean, sometimes I mean, because oh, it's kind because with that one particular instance, the individual they were having such a horrible time and everything to even try to. They were so out to try to figure out that it was the actual entity rather than knowing that they were having issues within themselves, if that makes sense. Um, it, It can be hard to tell sometimes. It definitely can, especially if the individual won't recognize it, if that makes sense. Because sometimes some people get so lost in their own depression, they don't even realize what's going on around them, if that makes sense.
2: Oh, so they make uh, so they make their own trouble. So they're trying to blame. They can't. Trying to blame. They're trying to blame something else. Um, yeah, instead yeah. of blaming themselves, or at least taking responsibility for themselves.
3: Right, and I'm not saying that's the case for everybody. I'm just saying I've encountered that situation before with other people. But I mean, that can be you know, you know, some basis for that. But were there other people out there? Yes. I mean, there can be a totally different. You know, some people have physical attachments with paranormal entities and stuff like that as well. So, because whatever, you know, the reason for a ghost to latch on or a spirit to latch on to an individual, there could be so many different reasons with that right there as well.
2: Have you run into that before?
3: Yeah, and I mean, it's really hard to, you know, to actually help people with that and everything because whatever the case may be for the um, spirit of, you know, the attachment and everything the person has to be able to acknowledge and to be able to let go and have these strengths themselves to push that away. Because sometimes people invite things and they're not even aware of it.
2: Well, how do you how do you let go of something like that? If, if something's attached to you, how do you get it mm-hmm. to, to release you?
3: Well, what I actually tell a lot of people... Yeah, right. Um, well, I tell a lot of people, um, you can't, you know, to... especially if it's, you know, they're not in a location where I can be, you know, because sometimes people will reach out to me from across the United States or whatever. And I tell them that they need to get in contact with their, you know, local paranormal investigative team because a lot of times they are, you know, groups of some amazing people with, you know, some of them have preachers or, you know, priests within the group or mediums, you know, and everything else. They can help them. More on a one on one basis than what I can. So I would usually tell people that I can't physically help to contact the local paranormal investigative team and they can actually give them more guidance than what I'd be able to do.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, Sheila, I got a question for you coming from our chat sure. room. Uh, we have somebody by the name of, I I'm, hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Bushy Bunton. They're asking Is it possible for a true psychosis slash schizophrenia? To manifest into poltergeist activity, what are your thoughts?
3: Um, I believe that it's possible because I would never be the one to rule anything out as impossible. Because I do believe that you know, when we believe in the paranormal, we're automatically opening our our minds to knowing that other things out there exist. But um, I do believe that is true. I do believe that's a, and that's an excellent question.
1: All right, and we had uh, another comment earlier that kind of tied into what Renee was bringing up on the, uh, the other beings that might be inhabiting other people. Uh, from uh, listener Denise, uh, she says it gets uh, frustrating. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me go back a little bit more. Uh, where was it at? It says, uh, I'm starting to believe we perceive in 3D, yet there are many more layers right on top of us. We just can't see it. Like any farm up and down, but no left and right. Uh, they see the world as complete, though.
3: Definitely, definitely. Um, Because there are so many different realms as far as existence and everything goes. And um, I believe that, you know, with this day and age and everything, that we, there's so many of us that are becoming more awakened to those levels. And once we become more awakened to those levels, we can become more open-minded and become more one with you know our surroundings and everything. You know, because We can't just sit there and think that we are the only existence here, you know, in the human form. There's so much beyond us. For us to think that we are the only human existence out there, you know, the only existence, rather, I think that's pretty egotistical of us to do that. And, you know, that goes to for, you know, it's like saying that UFOs exist. They do exist. I mean, we're not the only beings out there in the great, you know, expansion of the universe. You know, there's so much out there that we don't necessarily know, but you know it does exist in my belief there are so many different layers like an onion you peel one layer back you got another layer you peel one layer back you got another layer
0: you know and that's very true because there's so many reports of different types of portals that people have reported that open up within our realm that you know we have no idea where they lead you know however if okay. you think about it you know there's uh, you've heard the old saying, you know, heaven on earth and that kind of a thing. What if it is? What if it's just a different layer that we travel to once oh. we pass?
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, because we we can't just sit here and say, okay, well, I'm here right now and that's all there is. I like to think that there's more to life. There's more, more to, the, to the existence out there because it's pretty sad if that's all there is. You know, I mean... I don't know. I mean, and, you know, being an empath, I feel that there's more out there. And, you know, that's why I, I, I'm a paranormal researcher as well because it fascinates me on so many different levels, you know. It's just there's so much out there to learn, and I, I want to learn as much as I possibly can.
0: Absolutely. You know, and there's a, a story that uh, we're going to be getting into uh, probably, I'd say, next month with a, a certain guest that we're going to have coming up on dealing with... Uh, Deadly Dogmen and that kind of a thing. But there is a report, and this happened up in northeastern Utah, of some investigators that were sitting on a hillside had seen what appeared to be some sort of portal that had opened up, and a creature that had crawled out of that portal and crawled into our reality, our physical world. And then that hole or that, Hair or whatever you want to call it, that's there, just out in the middle of nowhere, closed up behind it after it exited, and uh, that's just another uh, part of you know th- this uh, portal or these different uh, realms that we live in, that are you know they are reality. I feel.
3: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and I mean, there's so many, you know, like with cryptozoologists zoologists and everything. There's so many different species, like you're saying. Who's to say that, you know, even like Yeti, you know, didn't come from somewhere else. You know, I know that might sound outlandish to a lot of people, but I mean, actually, it you know, there's so many possibilities for that.
0: Actually, it doesn't sound outlandish because that's one of the theories that's actually involved with a, a Bigfoot or a Yeti, that they are uh, dimensional creatures and they travel through mm-hmm. these dimensions. And that's why we have not been able to locate one.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And, but yet, like you were saying a little while ago, there have been so many reports about certain things and just so many things out there. You you can't say that all these people are making this up. You can't. I mean, for that to be even rationalized as it all, as you know, made up, that's just, that's silly to me. You know, I mean, there's just no way that we can all make it up. I mean, there's
0: just no way. No, there, there's gotta be truth to it. And we're going to get more on that here in just a moment. We got to go out for a short break. And once again, this is Paranormal Analytical, and we're speaking with the great and very talented Sheila Renee Parker, who is the author of a paranormal romance book called The Spirit Within. So until we come back, keep that thought in mind. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with you with some more very interesting stories, comments, and we'll see where this takes us from this point on. We have one more hour to dig into it, so we'll talk to you guys here in just a few.
5: The rising rate of autism is not just concerning, it's a disaster. No matter what the cause of it is, it is something that everyone should be acutely aware of and actively helping out those in the community that have it. That is why Adventures in Autism was created. Adventures in Autism is a show inspired by our life with our son Seth and the many experiences his autism has brought to our lives. Each episode we bring you the topic of the week, news about autism, and resources to help you and your family or friends out in their own adventures with autism. Tune in Mondays at noon and midnight on LNMRadioNetwork.com or OpenEyesNetwork.com and get involved in the community. Let our experiences be an inspiration
0: to you. Attention, L&M Radio Network listeners. Did you know that when you're on the road with
1: limited data or Wi-Fi available, you can still listen to every minute of the L&M Radio Network by calling 605-562-4203? No smartphone app or internet needed. Saves your data plan and no extra cost if you have unlimited minutes. Call 605 562 Four two zero three to listen to the LNM radio network on any phone, anytime,
5: anywhere. There are days that the red pill is bitter in my stomach, but I can't get it back out. I think because I have to. I speak because I have no choice. I walk through this dark age we're in with open eyes. Listen to Open Eyes on LateNightInTheMidlands.com and together, maybe we won't stumble and fall. The Late Night in the Midlands Radio Network is deeply devoted to you, the listener. We feel it is necessary to bring you all of the information that you can use in your life. Each and every day, you will find something to listen to here. And whether you come away from the shows informed, inspired, or entertained, it is our passion. We don't bow to corporations, and we don't have handlers to tell us what not to talk about. We bring you everything. Late Night in the Midlands, however, is fully listener supported. We need your help to stay on the air and to make sure that we get the bills paid. We need your help to keep the truth alive. If you feel that you have gotten anything out of Late Night in the Midlands, we would appreciate your support. You can become a subscriber and help us out on a monthly basis, or if you'd like, a one-time donation is fully appreciated as well. Every year, the average household in America spends over $3,000 on entertainment alone. If you could help us with just a tiny fraction of that amount, you would make all of the difference. Go to late night in the and click on the subscribe button. Thank you, and as always, keep yourself informed.
0: And welcome back, everybody. This is Paranormal Analytical, and we are with Sheila Renee Parker, the paranormal writer. She does all the different types of paranormal author, or she, she's actually a paranormal author who's writing about paranormal romance. And we're talking with her about all different things paranormal and how she became or how she regained or gained this ability, which we are so lucky to have around us you know there's so many people that have this ability and we finally have somebody on the show who is able to talk to us a little bit about how that ability affected their life and some of the other things that go along with it as well Sheila uh, wow it's just so great to have you on the show and you know it's very very cool that we're able to talk a lot about some of the things that most people aren't able to speak about. So let's get Absolutely. back into a little bit. And wh- one thing that we were talking about during break uh, with uh, Miguel was that he's got some uh, different questions that he was able to pull up in regards to certain things mm-hmm. we were talking about. And he was wanting to try and get your opinion on some of them.
1: All right. Sure, well, please. yeah. So I think we we talked about tonight's topic being the power of the mind and spirit uh, to kind of relate to your your book that you have out. And, uh, you know, it, it, your, if, you, if you want to give a little bit of background on that book and tell us what it's about so that anybody that's interested can go out and look for it on Amazon and, and kind of see if they relate to it a little bit. And then we'll go into some topics.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as you guys were saying, you know, my title of my book is The Spirit Within. And, you know, I'll give you the little description of it that is available on Amazon, and you can get it for Kindle or paperback. And the description that's on Amazon is, it says, Cassandra Blakemore seems to have the life every girl her age wants, college, cute boyfriend, and cool friend, loving relative, except that cute mechanic and live-in lover Raleigh Nichols is sinking into the bottle and hitting her. Cassie isn't going to take it, of course. This all too familiar story comes with a supernatural twist that will delight every reader. And that is a, it's a fictional story. A lot of times people ask me, Oh, was that based on personal experiences or anything like that? Not my own personal experience, but however, I did want to write a story that was very real to everyday life for many people, because I have known people that have dealt with such a situation and it's pretty sad. and um, I just wanted to make a relatable book with relatable characters, but with a supernatural twist. And like I was saying, it is available on Amazon for Kindle and also as a paperback. I'm currently working on the sequel. I've been doing that for a while now, and I do apologize to the sweet, beloved readers that have been patiently waiting for the sequel to come out. But the sequel is going to be more in-depth as far as Cassandra's also known as Cassie, as far as her background goes, she, with this next book, she becomes more aware of her own supernatural paranormal, you know, experiences, her abilities, as far as, you know, telekinesis and premonitions and, you know, things like that. And this next book is more intense as far as the romance and things like that go as well. So, you know, Go out there, you know, grab you a copy, you know, with Amazon. I've got some really awesome reviews on Amazon that I am so appreciative to all the amazing readers that have been ever so kind as to, you know, give me those kind words. So, you know, you know, if you guys ever have any questions, you can always reach me on my own site at com, and reach out to me. And you can go to my contact Sheila Renee Parker tab on my site. And I would love to hear some feedback from you guys. And I always welcome interaction. So, you know, that's always a welcome and applause. So I would love to have some people, you know, send me some feedback and, you know, interact.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they will. Um, So on on some of our investigations that we've done, we've had Renee bring up uh, the topic of tulpas, tulpas being the manifestations that somebody can create with their mind. uh, And Mm that seems to be, you know, a a big part of what the book's about. So, Renee, if you want to go more into depth on tulpas and and how uh, people can bring about either uh, personalities, or wh- whether they're imaginary friends or, or whether they're, they're actual physical objects that somebody can think of and create. Uh, is that something that you believe could be real?
2: Well, there's been so many stories about tulpas over the past years. Uh, one of the most famous ones was the uh, Philip experiment. Uh, a group of uh, people got together, and over a year, they they uh, made up a story about Philip, and they just started, uh, really, they wanted to do is really believe in him, and um, they started getting interactions, uh, some knocking, and then finally tables moving, and some whispering, and there's been other stories where monks, you know, made other, uh, you know, people that have been, you know, sitting in a while just thinking about a certain object, they make it appear or they can make an animal appear uh, it seems like a lot of these stories have uh are, are real uh because that's one of the experiments that we were going to try to do here in the next year mm-hmm. is we're going to try a philip experiment um uh, what what do you think about about spirit beings about tulpa? do you think that we can make beings out of with our with our own mind with our powers
3: well i mean that's an excellent point right there and you know because you stop and think and you know scientists and you know other you know the, the physical world the the medical world they always say that we use only like a 10% of our brain what about the other 90% how powerful is the actual human mind and if you got one person that can do something you know like tap into their abilities or whatever just think of what a room can do you know of individuals i mean just think of the power that you know the focus and the direct energy. I mean, I believe that it's possible. I mean, again, like I was saying earlier, I'm not one to sit there and, and say, you know, something's not impossible because I do believe the possibility of so much out there, because I, I think that, you know, with, you know, people pulling in together, I think, you know, with the human mind and tapping into energies and stuff, there, there's certain magic, if you will. I don't even know if you want to say magic, if that's even the right word, but, Possibilities. That's a great word. Yeah.
2: No, it is it it is magic, in one way or another.
3: Exactly. But I think that's a possibility.
2: Well, we've been trying to we've been trying to get a group together to do this experiment, and we want to see if we can manifest. Uh, We've we've gone to we've gone to groups before, and we've talked to um, certain individuals that they 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 can do it by themselves. But I understand that there's uh, certain people that can heal. What I've read is that you can get a group together of eight or I think or nine people together and you can heal an individual with their thoughts. It's got to be, I think, a group of nine that you can mm. sit there and uh, if somebody has like back pains and everybody would focus on this person's back pain and want it to go away, they actually can heal it. Now, have you – you said you've healed people before. Have you done anything like that?
3: Like well, I mean, far as well, not like that to that extreme, and everything like that. I mean, you know, you know i I do I've heard of people that can do things like that, like you're saying, you know, like with the mass the amount of energy and stuff, it could be like positive energy, you know, so much positive energy can do so many wonderful things and stuff. and as far as healing and everything goes, um you know, I do a lot with white magic and everything with candles and stuff like that, so I actually, for my own personal you know. Ability, I draw in the energy from you know the universe and everything, and so I use white candles for that healing purposes. And um, it's possible. I really, really do believe in that, and um, I've seen it work. And I, from my own personal experiences and things, I've, I've, I've known it to work. And I know a lot of people out there would be like, "Oh, that's just crazy, whatever." But you know, I'm not going to discount what I what I've witnessed.
2: I've seen I've seen it work a couple of times. I've been to um, I went to go visit a spiritual church uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, I was in a room when they they did a healing with with a couple of people. And um, as soon as these people started healing, you can feel the energy of the room like shift, like you can right. feel something physical. It's it's the strangest feeling, but you can feel the energy just change instantly. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain the, the feeling that it, it, the energy change, it just, it just turns. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you mean by vibrational?
3: Well, like for me, like when I feel something, um, it's vibrational. I can feel it like radiate from the inside. And that's when I know it's there and it's very warm and it's really weird because that's how it is for me. And it's just like a vibrating sense and it's it's, it's kind of trippy. Like you were saying, it's hard to explain, but it, it's just, it's like a radiating feeling, but it's, it's a positive feeling. It's a good feeling because I worked a lot with the energies from the angels, from the angel realm. Like, you know, we had a you know question earlier from one of the listeners about the different, dimensional levels and everything I also work with the healing powers from the angelic realm so that's where I get a lot of my healing energy from and when I get that right like right now as I'm talking about it every time I talk about the you know this ability with the angelic realm and everything I feel a vibrational sense and the warmth it's very caring it's very loving and it's just it's it's hard to explain but it's almost like it's just vibrations like like sound vibrates if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I, I try to I try to wrap my head around this when people talk about vibrations, mm-hmm. and the only way I can think of, of vibrations is actually think of actually physical vibrations. That's the only way I can wrap mm-hmm. my head around. It's like uh, a certain you know we we move at a certain speed, like uh, our atoms vibrate at certain pa- you know a certain mm-hmm. wavelength, and then mm-hmm. another another dimension, as you can say, moves at a different vibration, different speed, like vibrating back and forth. Is that is that mm-hmm the proper way of thinking of vibrations
3: well it, i mean it is possible in everything because again think about all the different dimensions that come through here you know like it's Like, you know, we witness it as paranormal experiences and stuff like that. And I think that's the reason why a lot of us are able to tap into the paranormal world, if you will, is because maybe we're on that same vibrational frequency at that right opportune moment to be able to experience that, if that makes sense. And the reason why a lot of people aren't able to see certain things is because maybe they're not on the same wavelength, if that makes sense. So, I mean, I do believe that's a possibility because, I mean, when we become more aware of our surroundings, more aware of our abilities, the more in we become with our surroundings and we're able to experience things on so many different levels.
2: Well, how does a, how does uh, an everyday Joe make themselves more open to or, make, you know, get myself more, I guess you could say, better, word powers? How, how does an everyday person, you know, get better at this?
3: Well, the key is to actually letting go of, you know, stereotypes, you know, because there's so many people out there that it's so easy to just completely discredit things, you know. So my thing would be, my advice would be to tell people just to let all that go, become more open-minded. You're not going to be able to experience things if you stay in that sheltered, you know, mind where, you know, you're afraid to let things exist and you're afraid to see things because fear can cause so much of a block. And if you can let go of that fear, then you can actually open the mind to accepting so many possibilities. And that's why I always tell, you know, people about like no fear and everything. Don't be afraid of what you don't know. You need to learn to accept it, embrace it. And, you know, that's why I always tell people, research, you know, that helps to actually open the gateway for communication even on our own personal level as far as you know opening up our minds to other you know experiences and stuff you know just become more open-minded that's what I tell people because a lot of times like if I do a a speaking event I've had people come up to me before and they get frustrated because they're like I don't understand why I'm not able to see such and such you know you know Mary down the road she's seen such and such but this person won't let me see such and such well you know what maybe because that particular individual isn't open enough to let it happen because of stereotypes, because of fear, because of personal upbringings. I mean, there's so many different reasons why a person may not be able to see something. So, you know, just let go of stereotypes, you know, let go of, you know, certain beliefs. And, you know, I'm not saying let go of your belief. I'm just saying become more open-minded of things and just accept, Things, that you know that there is more out there than just the small box that you know we as society live in
2: I definitely agree with that uh, it seems like uh, the more I open myself to the possibilities of other life forms the more I am able to um, uh, witness it and see it I, mm-hmm. I think it's because uh, I was raised that way uh, I've been I've been having experiences all my life and uh, the main reasons I accept it is because my mom uh, as when I was a kid she actually, Believe me, uh, my dad didn't really believe me, but my mom had a belief, and that actually kind of let me develop as a person to to experience all these beliefs. And the same thing with that I do with my kids. Uh, I, I tell them to open their minds because, like you said, if you close your mind off to of these things, it's not going to happen. You're not going to yeah. see. You might you might see something that's really strong, but for the most part, you're probably not going to have a, a an experience.
3: So you might have an experience, but most part you're probably not going to have an experience. Uh, exactly, and if you do, you're going to discredit it and say, "Oh, that was just a shadow. That was just a figment of my imagination. That was exactly. just something."
2: Mm-hmm. Agree. Exactly, exactly. Because uh, uh, I, I tell people this all the time: if you hang out with me long enough, just you'll see something really bizarre. Uh, it's just because uh, it's because of my, I guess, my beliefs. I've been seeing mm-hmm. things all my life, and uh, I had to. I had my mom to believe in me. And it it made a big difference in my life. And uh, I I experienced the world so much, I guess, more open, a lot better than a lot of people do. And and I'm I'm actually grateful that I can see and experience different things. It's so wonderful. This universe is so beautiful. And we know so little about it. We barely see into it. We barely, just barely glimpse into the edge of it. And we don't know we don't know everything I mean we're like you were saying earlier we it's the audacity of humans like we're the only ex- you know intelligent life form out there that's just that's crazy a lot, a lot of yes it, it is it is we we need to open up our minds and um, I think that's our next step in evolution is to see the other side and understand what's out there we're kind of at least in the West we're really closed minded we were taught since we were little. Not to believe in these things, You're like oh no, there's no sense things as ghosts or angels or, or demons or UFOs, and then you know, and we become that way. We're like oh no, and then we close our minds oh, that's off. That's are movie. And we're stuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, you were saying earlier that uh, it's it's, it's it's common now to believe in these things. These, these television shows and movies are helping a lot into mm-hmm. opening our minds up, at least in the West into seeing more and more things and I think more and more people are having these experiences if they just kind of let go and you know just start you know actually not not believing you know it's just we're so stuck in our in our Western ways I, so, I was just Rene, I'm glad it's better let, let me I'm ask you Renee, do you,
1: do you think that this is probably a desensitization of the parasympathetic nerve system that people kind of went out of touch of their their uh, primordial, uh, reactions and intuitions, and then rely more on what they can just take for granted, or things that they can see, and just ignore everything else that they take for granted. Their their intuitions and and anything they can experience with their gut feelings, with the like the vagus nerve, is, is there a biological kind of uh, physical reading that we can do to tie in these esoteric feelings and then these other uh, thoughts that that people might take as mysticism or, or uh, something being more esoteric than than it really is and it could be an actual physical thing that we can measure
2: well I believe is that we lost our connection to the earth when we stopped uh listening to it because we don't we're not farmers anymore we don't we're not hunters anymore we kind of got away from being in tune with mother nature and uh and once we start started getting away from mother nature and being you know living these metal houses, and concrete houses, and technology, computer technology, we have our food grown for us, and, and we don't have to pay attention to the weather anymore, the crops anymore. We kind of lost touch of, of you know being physically grounded. And that's another problem, is that we're not, it sounds weird, but we need to be physically grounded. We need to walk on the earth with our bare feet and be physically grounded back to the earth. And we kind of lose our our sensitivity to all these things, and it is physical. It really is physical, uh, and emotional, and spiritual. We just kind of lose our 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 balance, our touch with 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 real reality.
0: You know, I I've guess. heard That's that a- before about walking barefoot and allowing the energies of the earth to st- to stimulate you and actually go through you. Uh, Sheila, what's your thoughts on that?
3: That's actually that's so true. Um, you know, I'm a Wiccan, and you know that I, I, you know, I'm I follow the natural path and everything like that. And you know, I'm not a Christian or anything anymore. And uh, it's true. It's true. I follow. You know, with. I'm connected with the earth. I'm connected with things like that. One of my favorite places to go to, actually, is to unwind. It's probably about ten minutes down the street from where I live. It's actually right by the river. Yeah, I live twenty minutes from the beautiful Gulf Coast of Alabama on the beaches and stuff. But I actually prefer to go to the river. And um, being, you know, you know, Wiccan and everything, I, you know, I'm tied up with the, the the natural world and everything. I'm all about, you know, going barefoot if I can, any moment that I can. And that's what I do. Uh, you know, I believe in Gaia. I believe in Mother Earth. I believe in Father, Son, you know, to be connected with all of that right there, that we are a part of this earth. We are a part of it. And, you know, I've actually changed my eating ways and stuff. I'm not trying to say I'm all trippy and weird like that, but I've gotten rid of a lot of more of the processed foods and I've actually gone to more of the natural type foods food and to be honest with you just doing that alone has made me feel even way more connected with the earth as well and i think that actually has helped heighten my senses All right. and i'm not saying everybody needs to do that i wouldn't dare do that but i mean what works for me will not work for everybody else but it's the truth no, no, no. i mean this-
2: you're right you're absolutely oh, yeah. right with the with the processed food it does dull mm-hmm. our senses
3: yeah absolutely oh, yeah. absolutely oh yeah I mean, I get so excited. Like the other day, I was reading up the benefits of raw spinach, and I was like going around to everybody. Oh, my gosh, do you know what raw spinach can do for you? I was so excited. I was like a kid in school. Um, I'm not kidding you. And it's gotten really bad because I'm really obsessed with the health of things. But because since I've gotten rid of a bunch of that processed food, I cannot tell you how much better I feel. I feel so much more connected with the earth and just to go outside and it's just, it's so energetic and the breeze that blows through you to feel the sun warming on your skin. I mean, it's just an absolute recharge and I feel better nowadays that I've done, I've made the changes in my life than I ever have, you know, in previous decades. And I, I only my only regret is that I didn't do all this
0: sooner isn't that awesome that you know, that, you, know go, you make yeah. a few changes like that and all of a sudden everything comes together and you just start feeling so much better but we yes, do have a question absolutely. that came in on the chat room, but we're gonna get into that right after the break and it's gonna be a pretty interesting one so I want to hear your response on that Sheila and uh we're gonna be back here very quickly we got our last break that we're gonna take before uh the last 30 minutes of the show. So, what, maybe what, four minutes thereabouts? Something grab like coffee, that. Do something. Yeah, so <laughs> grab a cup break. of coffee. Stretch your leg. Yeah, restroom break, and we're going to be back here in just a few.
5: the red pill is bitter in my stomach but I can't get it back out I think because I have to I speak because I have no choice I walk through this dark age we're in with open eyes listen to Open Eyes on LateNightInTheMidlands.com and together maybe we won't stumble and fall The LNM Radio Network offers a chat room for you, the listener, to connect with others who are interested in the topics and guests that the LNM Radio Network brings to you. During the live shows, the hosts will even visit the chat room and chat with you, the listener. Click on the big red Chat and Listen button at the top of the website and join us, no subscription is needed, at either LNMRadioNetwork.com or LateNightInTheMidlands.com.
1: Why subscribe to Late Night in the Midlands, you ask? Well, I'll tell you why. Late Night in the Midlands covers everything, and through the thousands of expert guests who have joined Michael Vera on his show come pieces of the big puzzle, which started many years ago. Michael and his guests reveal information dating back to the beginning of time. To this very moment, Michael Vera not only brings you the best guests with the best information, but Michael is not afraid to call out those who are less than honest. You see, in this day and age, we need a radio show we can count on and a radio host we can trust to expose the truth one show at a time. So, become a late-nighter and subscribe now. Talk radio like no other. Late Night in the Midlands, bringing the truth
6: back to talk radio. Do you need toner for your Epson, Hewlett-Packard, Canon, Brother, Apple, or Sharp printers? Look no further than Laser Technologies. In business for over 20 years, they offer the lowest prices on toner on the web. They can also repair your laser printers and toners fast and easy. Call their expert staff today at 561- 792-9600 or email us at service at laser-technologies.com for all your toner needs. All toner is shipped nationwide. Why wait? Get the lowest prices on Toner, call or email us today. There is a better radio show beyond that which is known to the people. It is a radio show more informative than others and as timeless as infinity. It is the equilibrium between light and dark, between the sheeple and the paranormal, and it is heard at the base of man's ignorance and at the summit of his knowledge. This is the radio show of imagination, a show we call The Secret Teachings.
0: are back once again this is eddie hill this is paranormal analytical and we are with sheila renee parker the author of the spirit within and she's a paranormal romance author you know this is so cool to have somebody with her talents on the show and to be able to have a paranormal romance author i mean i've never in my life been able to, or, or have never been, talked to anybody like this that have the, ha, that has this kind of a talent, you know, to write oh, books like you. this. I mean, I think it's just awesome having you with us, Sheila. I mean, golly, you know?
3: Well, that's an honor. I, on, seriously, Eddie, though, I mean, I am absolutely privileged, so thank you so much.
0: You know, well, this is the coolest thing is, I mean, how often do we have the opportunity to speak with somebody who is able to mix romance and the paranormal together i mean this is i mean you see things like beauty and the peace and things of that nature but they're they're so few and far between you know and to be able to have a, a book you know that's the quality of yours you know and and to be able to read it and something that's that fascinating is i mean it, it's just incredible and you know I, I appreciate the copy of that you know it's just such well, a great book pleasure. i'm enjoying it so much thank you
3: thank you it's my pleasure no i appreciate that and I mean, you know, I just write from, you know, from the heart. That's what I always tell people to do. You know, when people come up to me, they're like, how do you write? How do you do it? I'm like, just write from the heart, you know, and just enjoy what you do. You know, that's what I do fully. So I love it. I love what I do.
0: Well, that's the way to do it. I mean, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And
3: Absolutely.
0: we've got Miguel over here sitting here peeking into the chat room and has promised We've got some questions coming in from the chat room that he's going to get with you on, so prepare.
1: Okay. All right, Sheila, somebody's yeah. asking, uh, have you ever had any UFO experiences? What are they? Demons? Dulpas? Real-life aliens?
3: Um, actually, I have never seen a UFO. I've never had that kind of experience. Um, however, do I believe they exist? Yes, I do, because... I just do believe that they exist, because again, I cannot sit there and fathom the idea that we are the only existence out there, because if I believed that, then I wouldn't believe in the paranormal, um, as far as, you know, the other, you know, like shadow people and things like that, but um, I've heard of people having, you know, otherworldly experiences from like UFOs and aliens, and I've always found that to be fascinating, and I know there are lots of stories out there that are rather frightening, but I've also heard of stories that were actually quite... You know, caring and almost nurturing. So that would be interesting to see.
1: All right. So you so you believe that it's it, it's possibly a combination of all three, right? So there there could be a yeah. interdimensional being or a manifestation that somebody makes, or the, the biological entities that come from other planets. Correct. Still there, Sheila
0: hello sheila did we lose you
1: Uh oh we lost
0: Uh oh Uh oh hang on a minute (laughs) i think we might have lost the call here we go hold on are we back
3: yes i don't know what happened oh my goodness
0: (laughs) 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 yeah we're gonna have to call renee back and add him in but yeah go ahead and keep talking Uh and i'll take care of this part yeah
1: so so uh, just to reiterate, I was asking, are, do you think it could be a combination of all three? So the question being demons, tulpas, and real-life aliens. So uh, interdimensional beings that could cross over, sometimes interpreted as demons, tulpas being the manifestations of UFOs that people you know think into existence, and then real-life aliens being the, the biological entities that come from other planets or other worlds uh, approaching us. Is it one or the other, or do you think it could be a combination?
3: I actually think it could be a combination because, I mean, if you stop and look at our planet, there are so many different types of beings, so how can you say anything that's otherworldly is just one or the other? I do believe that there's a variety out there, you know, I mean, a mixture just like what we have on our planet.
1: They just mentioned that they the aliens got you, that's why you got disconnected.
3: there you go i wasn't that weird i felt the same thing it was uncanny they were telling me hey i'm here
0: they're saying hey be quiet no more talking about us well you know we (laughs) could could start this whole government conspiracy thing on that topic
1: oh yeah there there is yeah yeah, there's quite a bit to talk about with that uh i did want to bring up something that's kind of going around current uh news uh so you were talking about being an empath earlier Uh, Today I came across a story about a man in Katy who's been carrying along a... uh, a Katy, Texas, just outside of Houston. He'd been carrying along this uh, emotional scar all through from from middle school. He's now in his, uh, I believe, late 40s. And he went to address uh, an independent school district where a new superintendent was just put into position. Uh, The man gave a story about him being bullied while he was in middle school, thrown into uh, urinals, had his lip busted, kicked while he's down by a group of kids. And the man who is now uh, the superintendent was the main bully and you know leader of the gang, as you could say, wow. uh, for all that. And so this man had been carrying that pain around this whole time and when he addressed that during this, uh, I guess it was a PTA meeting, um, the superintendent just laughed it off like, oh, uh, sorry you feel that way. Like, uh, what can I say? And he, he kind of just blew it off. So the, the, the man that brought this up, you know, he, he still doesn't feel closure from that. So do you think that, no. that could be something that he could turn into a positive somehow, maybe with the support he might get from the Internet and people reading the story? Or is that something that um, could turn into a harsh negative with people attacking or criticizing the superintendent and kind of karma bringing its way around?
3: Well, I mean, I do believe in karma. Karma will always find its way around one way or the other. If you project good energy, good things will come back to you. If you project bad energy, bad things will come back to you. But as far as that particular individual who got bullied, um, you know, I, if I were to talk to him personally, I would, you know, tell him to, you know, be positive about it because, I mean, whatever that superintendent did when they were kids, you know, that's on him to let that go because there are so many amazing support groups out there that can actually help someone to better themselves, to pick themselves up, if you will, off their ground, um, make themselves feel better. Um, Don't be... Just because that individual was ignorant enough to... Be nonchalant about it and brush it off like it it was nothing, doesn't mean that the victim should carry that weight on anymore. He the victim should actually let that go, and just because the way I look at it, it it, it's on you know it's going to come back to the the person that was that was the bully, and um, because like I said you know earlier I was actually picked on a lot when I was a kid you know I was. I would go home crying. I was actually the fat ugly kid that people made fun of all the time and I, it was horrible. I mean, I you know, there'd be times where I wouldn't even want to go to school the next day, but now that I'm an adult and everything, I don't carry that with me anymore because why would I? You know, I've moved past that and, um, you know, kids are kids, you know, sometimes kids are more horrible than others, but I'm not going to sit there and let them control my life I'm in control of my life and I'm not going to sit there and you know whatever they were going through that's on them that's not on me because i have let that go and I would suggest you know for that guy to do the same thing or anyone else that's been bullied you know always reach out to somebody because there are always people out there that will help you out you know I mean even if it's you know the internet is full of wonderful support groups too you know I mean the internet is it's crazy as you know, stuff that the internet gets about, you know, about bad stuff and everything. There's actually a lot of good that the internet can provide as well. So, you know, I think the guy can actually do a lot of good just by reaching out.
4: Mm-hmm. Right. And then, Not- you
3: know, he could be anonymous with a lot of things. He doesn't necessarily have to go out with his own name and stuff. There's a lot of great groups out there that can be anonymous as well.
1: Right. And I, I kind of wanted to tie that all into uh, what you wrote in your book about the abusive relationship that kind of mm-hmm. is a Kickstarter, a catalyst to all these uh, paranormal occurrences uh, and how, it, you know, bullying is not just limited to same sexes. There's also the, the, the physical abuse that can happen in a relationship that, uh, right. you know, people tolerate and, and put up with because they claim that since they have a history with somebody, they want to keep that relationship going and they don't want to let that be the, the factor that puts it all to an end. They want to try to save right. and salvage it.
3: Right. That's the truth. Because, I mean, like I said, you know, with this book and everything, and my story with Cassie and Raleigh, you know, she stays in this situation because she thinks that, you know, I don't want to give any spoilers or anything, but, you know, she thinks that everything's going to be okay. Whatever happened one day won't happen the next day. And because, you know, in a lot of cases, especially like when you see on the 6 o'clock news, so-and-so ends up being dead because the individual stayed with that person, for so many, you know, years or whatever the case is. And a lot of times the aggressor keeps on promising, oh, things will get better the next day. No, they don't, you know. In a lot of cases, that's when, you know, something happens. That's what I tell people. You need to reach out and everything. In my book, again, I'm not going to give any spoilers or anything, but, you know, Cassie, she does find strength to overcome, you know, the situation, the circumstance, and she finds a sense of empowerment. And so that's what I, you know, want to do. And it's not just for girls to read the book. You know, I've had a lot of grown men to read the book and come back and say, wow, you know, that actually hit home. And I'm like, well, you know, if it can give anyone a sense of empowerment, you know, that's that's what I want. You know, I want people to feel like, you know, they do have the strength within themselves to overcome any kind of a bad situation. Because we all are, you know beautiful beings, we all have an ability to overcome any, you know, negative situation, you know, again, I'm going to say it, you know, be that phoenix that rises, you know, above adversity, you know, because things can happen, all we got to do is change negative, it's our perception of things, and, you know, be positive about things, and positive energy can make so many things happen in a great sense, you know, and we can overcome our worst fears, we just we just have to know that we have the ability to do that, we have our own power. Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, for the power, the paranormal powers that she becomes imbued with, I- is there any reference to astral projection? Um, I remember when I was in what was it, middle school? There was a, a juvenile book that I remember reading. It, ki- it kind of stuck with me, even though I'm, I'm in my late thirties. <laughs> uh, but there was a book by uh, author Lois Duncan called uh, "Stranger with My Face," and it was about a, a teenage girl who was learning how to astral project and. Go out of her body and have these experiences where she can travel and and see different parts of the world. And then uh, there was another entity trying to enter her body. I remember that it was book. an old book that a yeah. lot of people read, like as an assignment. Wow. But uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if you have any authors that inspired you uh, for your writings, or if this is all just situational and, and stories that you've accumulated from other people uh, that you tie in as as possible references.
3: Well, I mean, believe it or not, I grew up reading Stephen King and Anne Rice, and you know, actually V.C. Andrews, which is completely on the different end of the spectrum. But um, you know, I was diverse with the you know the authors that I read and everything. But um, I, you know, as far as the astral projection and everything, that's a pretty interesting topic and everything. But you know, I was always inspired by the craziness of you know certain you know like with like i said stephen king their writings and stuff like that and the only reason why i say that is because i love to be able to tap into an individual's mind and because we all have our own personal monsters that we need to confront and so you know those are the ones that i was you know grew up reading and and everything so i i was inspired by them and you know The astral projection, that's a pretty interesting topic. I'd like to actually get a link if you guys could share that link with me about that book because I would like to read that one myself. Sure,
1: absolutely. I'll look it up while Eddie talks to you. Let me see if I can find that here.
0: Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about where you plan on going from this point forward, Sheila. I mean, we've, we've covered everything from your past to your growing up to when you started into poetry, when you started writing your book and some of the things that you've done since then where do you plan on going from here what's your next step
3: oh my next step um i've done some locations of you know recently i've you know i was in biloxi back in september i was in minnesota back in november and this coming up summer i'm going to it's not confirmed yet i haven't gotten all the details laid out but I've been invited to a supernatural a paranormal conference up there in West Virginia in June. So I'm going to go be attending that where I'll be signing. I'll be having signed copies of my novel, the spirit within. So if you guys are out there in West Virginia, so, you know, definitely, you know, check on my website, check with my social media and everything, keep tabs and stuff. Cause I'll be posting updates about that as well. So that's something that's going to be happening in the near future. I'm pretty excited about. Um, and, you know, I've got, you know, The Spirit Within, the sequel to that, that I'm working on slowly but surely. And I've got some other great articles that I'm working on for my website, you know, at SheilaRParker.wordpress.com as well. So, you know, it's a busy, busy time. I've got so much going on. I have sticky notes all over my bedroom, you know, because... I have Every time I think of something that's got to happen, I have different color notes all over the place. That's how I keep focused with everything. It's crazy.
0: Oh, God, I know the feeling. I mean, when you have so much <laughs> going on like that, if you don't keep it written down, I mean, literally, I forget. And oh yeah. even though I have things in my calendar on my, on my phone mm-hmm. and I put reminder after reminder after reminder, somehow I tend to space it. I don't know why, but it just, you know, mm-hmm. when you have so many projects going, it's hard to keep track of everything that's actually happening.
3: Oh, yeah, and you know you've got a lot going on when those sticky notes make their way to your car and oh, on the dashboard, God. and you've got one yellow one here and a pink one over here, <laughs> and, and then you y- got to move them over so you can see what your speed is, and yeah, it's, it's great.
0: And then you got them kind of fluttering into the dash over there with the air <laughs> conditioning blowing. and exactly. exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and do you plan on uh, maybe starting up a team or maybe doing anything as far as uh, doing some more shows, or do you have anything coming up where somebody... Uh, uh, can go see or do you have addresses and dates and times where you could uh, put it out well, for everybody?
3: As of right now, I don't have anything. I'm not a part of a paranormal investigation team. Um I've been, you know, on paranormal investigations. Um if anybody ever, you know, asked me or anything, I've always, you know, been willing to graciously accept because I do love to it to me it helps to broaden my research. But um as far as the West Virginia wine comes up, uh, like I said, you know, keep tabs with me on my social media and everything, and I will keep people posted about exactly when that's going to take place. And that's in June, the second weekend of June, and um, I'm really excited about that because I was invited to that. And so I'm pretty, you know, pretty excited about that. I've got something else maybe going on in no- not November. Well, yeah, no, the first week of November. I've got so much going on right now. I have to check out my book. and um, But, yeah, so I've got a lot, like I said, you know, Check out with me, you know, with on Twitter. People can follow me at Sheila R. Parker, you know, on Twitter and at Sheila R. Parker on Instagram. And also you can go to Sheila Renee Parker, author for Facebook. And that's where I always keep my updates going. And you can still, like I said earlier about SheilaRParker.wordpress.com, that's my website as well. And I'm constantly making articles and posts about things that are coming up and everything, so definitely, you know, check all that out. And, again, there's a contact Sheila Renee Parker on my site. If anybody ever has any questions, they're more than welcome to contact me.
0: Very, very cool. And you mentioned that you're actually writing a sequel to your book, Mm -hmm. The Spirit Within.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm really excited about it. Like I said, I've taken a little bit of a hiatus from it for a little bit just so I can work on the story because I wanted it to be more intense than what the initial thought process was. And as I write it, it, it's, it's amazing how it really is starting to flourish even more. And it gives me goosebumps because as I write it, you know it's like little more you know pieces of the puzzle start falling into place and it gives me goosebumps and it, there's a couple there are a couple times where i kind of had tears in my eyes when i was writing and i'm like oh my gosh this is really coming true you know as far as Cassie's story goes you know and it's it's amazing and for those who haven't written a book it's hard to explain that to to people but for those of us who have written books you know, the book becomes a part of our soul, if you will. It becomes a part of who we are. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. And when we write, we put all of our heart into it, you know, and every aspect of our emotions go into that. So, you know, when, like, when I was writing The Spirit Within, you know, there would be certain aspects of certain chapters that I would get all wrapped up in one character. And I would feel that person's emotions. So I would use that as my fuel for the fire to write that even more intense, you know. And, you know, as I write Cassie's story, continuing story with a sequel, it's just, it's amazing how more empowered she's becoming as well. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. And like I said, you know, I'm halfway done with it. So I'm getting there, people. So, you know, for my readers that have been patiently waiting, I love you guys. And thank you so much for your patience.
0: You know, and it's funny that you say you you, you feel that emotion because mm-hmm. uh, writing some of the Stories that I've been writing here lately, working on some of these projects that we have coming up. Uh, you really, when you're behind that computer and you're typing, you you basically become that character, and it's so strange because I literally can't write till I sit there for a few moments and I put myself in character, and then once I'm in character, I kind of start thinking the way that character does while I'm writing and. People ask all the time, well, what, what's what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, are you the same yeah. way where you just really don't know what's coming up?
3: Oh, yeah, that's that's so true. Because, I mean, you could be, like, right in the middle of a conversation that you think is going to take place, and then all of a sudden you're like, no, 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 because so-and-so is not saying that. Yeah, it changes, and it's, it, it's so fun, and, you know, it's impressive because... It can change from one day to the next. That's why it's taken me a little bit longer to write this next book, the sequel, because I got so much more involved with the storyline. I was really involved with The Spirit Within. It's not what I'm saying, but it becomes more intense because as I was writing it, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And the cre- you know, the, cre- the characters, they're, it, they're just coming more evolved as well. And it just really, really amazes me because... I mean, I don't want to give any spoilers out, but yeah, you know, when I was writing The Spirit Within, Raleigh, for those, uh, you know, that have read the book, you know, me? there was a, a chapter. You, you, okay, chapter four, you know, chapter four, that chapter. That actually made me cry as I was writing that chapter. That was, that was, was very scared.
0: intense. I, I know exactly yeah, what you're talking about.
3: Yeah, I was crying about. as I wrote that chapter. Yeah.
0: You know, and that's and what my always... I came
3: out of the bedroom and my husband was like, what is wrong with you? I said, read this, just read it. And he's like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, now give it back.
0: We're good. You know that—that's what's really funny. I mean, people look at me and going, "You're really—you're reading a romance novel." Well, it's not just that. <laughs> you know, because they—they they take a look at me. You know, here I'm—you know—kind of biker looking, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And right. you know, and it's like you're reading romance novels. Well, you know, I get in touch with my softer side. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly.
3: <laughs> Exactly. Well, you know, the author of The Spirit Within, you know, I've got nine tattoos, man. So, you know, I, I'm
0: all not right.
3: I'm often sweet and flowers.
0: There you yeah. go.
3: I'm all tatted up, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, very I'm not cool. as sweet as I look. Well, I'll tell you what, Sheila, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. You know, it's just awesome. I'm, I'm so happy that we were able to spend this time and that you were able to share your time with us. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the sequel already. So, you know, be sure to let me mm-hmm. know when that comes out because I'm going to buy me a copy of it for sure. And uh,
3: I definitely will, definitely.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, so, um, yeah. And, you know, I wish you the best of luck in, in everything that you're doing and thank what you have coming up. I think that's going to be great.
3: Thank you so much. Um, you know, and major kudos with the show and everything. And thank you so much for inviting me to be your guest. That's awesome. I'm really honored. So well, thank you guys so much.
0: We're honored to have you on here so uh yeah so we're gonna do a couple of uh i guess spoilers ourselves while we're here on some of the things that we have coming up right before we end this show so uh
1: well we got another guest coming on the next week who do we have
0: uh, we have uh ansley the spirit chick the spirit chick yeah she's she's basically a a do-it-yourself ghost hunter and she travels around with just a cameraman and she's been to some really cool places you know, so we're looking forward to having her on next week. Also, let's uh, tell everybody a little bit about what we got coming up. Oh, uh, the uh, Deadly Dogman. Yeah, the Deadly Dogman series, people. That's on the way. We are working very diligently to get this thing to you. And uh, that's coming up real soon. And yeah, where with, can they uh, go to? We're working
1: with uh, Time Stream Pictures on that. Uh, they can go to TimestreamPictures.com. Uh, look up the uh, – there's actually a button where you can opt in to the uh, email – database and uh, stay up to date on the information. We're going to have a uh, crowdfunding campaign getting pushed pretty soon through seed and Spark and hopefully we can get some contributions from some of our loyal listeners out there and new listeners that have joined us recently.
0: Yeah we've got uh, Leslie mitz and uh,
1: author of uh, Deadly Dogman.
0: right she's the author of Deadly Dogman and uh, Robert Miles and uh, he's got a very impressive resume. Who is also working with us on this project so please visit the uh, the website and opt in put your email address in there so that way you can keep up to date with everything that's going on and uh, heck visit us on Facebook at paranormal analytical and also on YouTube type in paranormal analytical and you can check out some of the little uh, sizzle reels and spoilers and little investigations and stuff like that that I have going on over there and uh, we'll be uh, keeping you guys up to date So until next time, we appreciate everybody being here. Thank you so much. And uh, once again, this is Eddie Hill with Paranormal Analytical. we got the incredible Sheila Renee Parker, author of uh, Paranormal Romance. Uh, Renee Rodriguez, which is my co-host, and my other co-host tonight, Miguel Cantu. Wish you all a safe, happy night. Sweet dreams, everybody. We love you guys, and take care until next week.